Welcome to Other People's Lives. I'm your host, Joe Sandigato. I'm Greg Dybeck. If you guys would like to support the show, you can head to our Patreon, patreon.com slash OPL show. And just for a dollar, you can not only help us, but you can get some cool stuff in return, like bonus episodes and whatnot. Also, if you're listening to this episode right now, that means there is an extra uh, Q&A episode on the Patreon. So if you become a patron... Uh, you can pause this right now, go be a patron, and you get another episode of me and Greg doing a Q&A. Uh, but yeah, today we are doing a different kind of episode. Switching it up. Switching it up. Bringing S- a new dynamic to the new season. Yes. Though, inspired by an episode we did last season. Mm-hmm. The Get to Know Greg and Joe right. episode. Which was awesome. That's the that episode. That was a long episode. That was long. Yeah. We're sitting on your couch. <laughs> yeah, we were was, drinking sitting on my couch. <laughs> it's like a two hour long episode. Yeah. Where we just asked each other some life the questions. The deepest questions on earth. Yeah. The idea was how do we get vulnerable? Because obviously every episode we're talking to guests about their lives and we thought that it would be good for you guys to, you know, get to know us a little bit more. So that's an idea that we want to bring back and uh we're gonna do it in the form of instead of asking each other questions we actually got some questions from uh listeners yeah so we sent out a newsletter questions sent out a newsletter got some questions here so we're gonna read them off and uh yeah this is something that also is going to be available to the people who uh sign up for the patreon uh they'll be like exclusively for those uh people they're not always just gonna live on uh you know the feed yeah this this is the one the one freebie the freebie here we go i'm trying to make it good though i don't know which one of these we should start off with because some of them come out the gate hot but fuck it also i'm so nervous to pronounce these people's names i'm i'm so bad with names it's not even funny i was in my first year of college i thought i was going to be a high school teacher no and one of the major reasons why i dropped that was because i would have to pronounce people's (laughs) names like on the first day of school. I'm so oh, bad with that. So quick to pack up your dream. It's great. Um, all right. <clears throat> We're going to start. You know what? Let's start off with a, with a serious one. <laughs> oh, man. I'm not even going to get this no, right. No, you're not going to do what I think you're going to do. Yeah, I am. Uh, Rogelio Ibarra. I don't know. Mess that up. I'm sorry. Um, question. You're both from New York, and I was reading about 9-11 the other day. I want to ask, what were you thinking and feeling the day and the weeks after? Ooh, so we're coming out hot. Um, I personally was in fourth grade, I think. You're a year older than me? Um, yeah, I think a year or two. When were you born? 91? No, to 89. 90? 89? Yeah. Bro, you're you're way older than me then. Oh, wow. I was born in 92. That makes sense. I'm so much wiser. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. you look older too. Um, so wait, so you were in middle school? I was in, yeah, seventh grade, I think. It was a scary day. I also got like, it's, there's actually, uh, like, it's funny now looking back on it, part of this, but we, I was in fourth grade, so we don't know what's going on. Oh, that is a big difference. Wow. Yeah, it is. Like I had, I had no idea what was happening. All I knew is that the phone kept ringing in my class and people kept leaving to have to go, uh, going home because their parents are picking them up because no one knew what the hell was going on that day, obviously. And we were in class and we were laughing because we're like, this is ridiculous. Like, what is going on, right? So we thought it was funny every time the phone rang and someone had to leave because hmm. we're not putting two and two together. And my teacher at the time, you know, the phone rang and you, you could tell that he was like all disheveled and like scared and worried and didn't know what to do. And he was talking to other teachers across the hall and they're all like in the hallway, like saying stuff. And then the phone rings again and he comes in and we all start laughing again. 
And he hangs up the phone and he turns around and he goes, you're laughing and there's people dying out there. And we're all like, whoa. That's how he broke it to you? Yeah. Which is, which like is funny. Like that's, that's a, not a way that you say it to a fourth grade no. class of kids. And I'm like, Jesus. And, uh, but yeah, it was, it was, a, it was scary, man. Like once you figured out what was going on, cause you didn't know what was going on until, I mean, until that was said for me. And then when I got home, my father was a retired, uh, fireman of three years so he retired in 98 so in 2001 i still think like he still hung around in, in fire departments and stuff like that so i wasn't i didn't know if my dad was alive or dead because i don't know if he was there or right. if he had to go like some emergency and my friend's mom picked us picked me up picked my brother up picked my sister up from her school and we all uh got back to my house and i just kept thinking that my dad was dead because i was like oh my god like all the firemen and policemen are you know, dying the news is like, you know, they're going crazy. Like it, it was, it was mayhem. Like I have never experienced anything like that before. And I mean, he walked in the door. Where, and like, where was he? He, I don't, I don't know. I'm not even sure. Did he go to help? I no, know he, he, no, he didn't. Not that day. But like he, he, uh, he, 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 I think he was working somewhere. So he was like working. He, was, he had his, like his own construction business. So when he got home, I was like, oh my God, like, you know, dad's all right, whatever. It was, that was the first time I saw my dad cry too. Like he knew tons of people that died. Oh, it was God, it was I'm awful. Sure. The next day was probably worse than as it was happening. Once it sinks in, because the while it's happening, you're like, this is crazy. Like, what is going on? And then it's not until the next day when my dad was calling up all the firehouses and finding out that all these people he knew were either missing or confirmed. Like it really dead. shaped our childhood. I think you start to realize more and more as you grow up. But to be young and having seen that happen devastation on that level to live through that and then to be from new york and still live in new york and just see how everyone was able to kind of immediately just you know pull it together and do what new yorkers do and just go on with life is you know it's it's definitely a lesson a lot of people don't get to experience in life it was also something that was for a city that has a reputation of being so uh is divisive the word just what do you mean just like callous and just like no one gives a shit themselves. about each other yeah, really yeah. and it's like everyone's just doing their own thing got their head down like whatever for a city that has that reputation after that happened it was not like that at all like everyone was just like on the same team it right like. right and i remember like a small example is you know i was with my dad in the car we we're on the highway and there was an american flag that was on the ground and my dad pulled over in the middle lane and got out and all the cars like stopped like behind him he's like and i picked and he picked up the the flag and he got in the car and not one car beeped wow which is amazing for that's like a scene from like a mark Wahlberg movie. it's exactly (laughs) like that like it's like yo this is this is a scene in a movie but that actually happened like he picked up the flag and just got back in the car and it was just like you know whatever it it was crazy and then they remember the concert they did at msg arguably Mm. the greatest concert of all time where it was like the concert for New York and literally yeah. everyone you can imagine was there. It's just that resiliency. I think, I mean, it changed the city forever. I think that's yeah. what makes a New Yorker a New Yorker now. Yeah. But my 9-11 story is terrible on many levels, a day I will never forget for many reasons. So I was in seventh grade science class. 
I was uh, in science too, and ooh. that was the, that was so weird. I had no idea what the World Trade Center was. Me and neither. Everyone kept saying that, and I my first thought was, oh, it's 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 a sports arena. Like, hmm, I know Madison Square Garden. I know, like, I was yeah. just naming all. He thought it was a supermarket. <laughs> it's it could be anything, <laughs> and I just had no idea. And then similar uh, circumstances where you were a little closer to the city. I was on Long Island, but a lot of people there had parents who worked in the city, so people were getting pulled out of class. Eventually, they let us home. One of the worst things about that day also is my dog, the first dog I ever had, like it was my family dog, but they got it for me for like my fifth birthday or something. And that morning before the attacks happened, my parents had to put my dog down. Oh my God. So yeah, she, uh, she had like a malignant tumor and it was, yeah, it was not good. And she was, she was young. So my parents bring my dog not a small dog either 120 pound Yikes. like huge uh great dog rest in peace jesse <laughs> and uh yeah so my parents go have to put my dog down leave the vet and then get the news that you know we were just Nine attacked 11, yeah. by terrorists and yeah for me it was just i mean that was really like i i had experienced some death before in family members no one super close so that for me was kind of the first day that I understood, you know, loss of just coming home, getting the news that my dog wasn't there anymore. And then just sitting on the couch with my parents, watching everything on the news, just like the debris and people running through the streets. And if there's ever a time to have a dog around, it yeah. would have been that day. Damn, that sucks. Yes. Double whammy. Next also, question. <laughs> <laughs> you know what was funny too? I remember specifically... Um, and this is also kind of funny, but like in fourth grade, when it's your birthday, it's like the best day ever for you. Cause like everyone writes you cards and they give you stuff like whatever. Cause at least in my school, like when it was someone's birthday, like we all would take time to draw birthday cards and give them the cards. And it was like your day. Yeah. And she had cupcakes. It was this girl present. Oh, it was her birthday. It was her, it was her birthday, and she was crying the whole day because like no one was paying attention to her. And that's people probably were all leaving. she cared about. <laughs> yeah, it's like all she cared about. And like looking back, it's like so funny. Like she was probably like, "Hey, it's my fucking birthday. Are you kidding me?" And like Oof. all this shit is happening outside. Um, but yeah. All right, cool. Let's get to the next question here. Uh, from <laughs> Emily Rhodes. You want to read it? Emily Rhodes. Ah, oh, okay. What do you feel is your biggest struggle to overcome in life? You want to set that off? You really picked some big questions. I, I see some light ones here, but... We'll go light after this. Biggest struggle to overcome in life? For me, the biggest struggle would be just finding balance. I mean, I think that's the struggle that I've had more than anything for the past few years is just kind of... Uh, understanding that you know things like this things like work um you know projects creative things aren't everything you know it's it's balancing that with family it's you know balancing that with friends making sure relationships um you know don't get overlooked and uh yeah just i think finding time to like relax and finding time for myself it's it's hard i think what's helped is i've come to terms with the fact that this it's not an overnight fix it's something you learn throughout your life of just being content and you know a couple of years back i was definitely in a place where i would just always tell myself you know when i achieve this th 
things will get, you know, then I'll be happy. But then you get to that point and then you think, okay, that this is cool. But now when this like, happens, yeah. like it's just a little further, a little further. And you always think you're inching towards something where you're going to find, you know, this, this happiness and contentness, but that's never going to come. I think you have to find that in the day to day, not in achievements and things like that. So I, I think I'm constantly working on that. My Mine's kind of this, the same answer because See, my problem is, like, I'm the opposite than most people because most people don't have confidence in themselves, and that's why it's hard to be successful if you're not confident in yourself. It's, it's your perception of you. You only go as far as your perception of yourself. I forgot who said that, but, like, it's not something I made up. But the the line is, like, you'll only uh, go as far as your perception of yourself or something like that. I'm paraphrasing. But um, I have a, a ridiculous amount of confidence in myself, so it's the struggle of being like, just be proud of yourself for a second because I'm always, I always feel like I have this idea of what I could be and what I could do. And the fact that I haven't, like, I don't think I take the necessary steps to get there. So I get frustrated with like, you're wasting your time. Like, why are you not working towards something right now? Why are you not doing this? Or like, you know, you can't do that because, you know, like I tell myself that there's this greatness in me and it's like, all right, if you're going to get there, you're going to have to work harder than everyone else. And it's just like, it's like a constant struggle. And then with that, I become unproductive, mm. it, which is weird mm. because there's days where th that'll mess with my head so much that I, I'm just unmotivated to do anything. And if I'm in a bad mood, it's hard to do anything that I'm supposed to do. Podcasts, videos, whatever. I have to be, you know, entertaining, whatever. That's just part of it. But, uh, when I get in my head about it all the time of like, you're capable of so much, but I feel like you're not doing enough, mm. which I don't even know if I am or not. I, I like, if you ask me right now, I would tell you that, like I tell people all the time, like I don't think I'm a hard worker. Like I don't. And then I also think that, uh, I, if you, if you ask me right now, I think I haven't been doing enough and I could be, way greater than i am now if i would just if i just focused for you know the last two years or something greater at what though i mean what's what's just, greatness it just uh, to me it's just like i was actually having this conversation with someone the other day to me it's just like i have this idea of i want to be the greatest person that anyone's met like i want you know you to be like yo, this kid does this and that and that and he's a good dude and he's, you know, you know, and like I just want people to be shocked by like how are you able to do all that or like, you know, how are you able to, you know, do all these things? Like I want to be in better shape. It's like, oh, you were, you were, uh, you're in great shape. You got all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. And like just take care of business. You know what I mean? And I feel like I fall in and out of that all the time. Like I have spurts where it works out. And I have spurts where it doesn't. And that's where it gets like frustrating that like when it goes bad, it goes bad. And when it's good, it's good. But I, when it's going good, I don't. Another thing that I do is like I don't get excited about it being good mm. because I feel like if you get excited, then you lose track, you lose focus, and like whatever. So it's just like a weird this whole thing, and, and the struggle is really just uh, enjoying the ride, like you're saying. Because totally. for a, for a long time, I was also the one who thought once I get to there, once I get over that hurdle, then I'm just going to enjoy this success. And that's never going to happen. No, never. Like ever, especially for someone like me, where like, it's never done. You're never, it's never over. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing, there's no fence that you're going to climb over and it'd be totally different. It's just, 
enjoying the ride. Be proud of yourself, but also be realistic with yourself where if you can be working harder, then you should. But also, like you said, find balance, make time for yourself. You have to enjoy it. Why would you do it forever to not enjoy yourself? Yeah, and I think doing it for yourself because I used to be like that too and maybe part of me still is where I like my goal waking up in the morning would be, you know, be the most interesting person in the room, be the most interesting person that someone meets. Like, but that's so outward and are you really doing all those things for yourself? And I think I will be an interesting person because I do take risks and I really only do things that interest me, but I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. I, I don't want it to be because then someone can say, you're so interesting. I want to you know, be happy with my choices and know that I'm you know, challenging myself, learning every day, doing those things. I think that comes back to the balance too, but you know, more so finding that kind of contentness with what you're doing within yourself. Yeah. All right. Let's, let's lighten this up. Yeah. Pick something um, easy. All right. Dylan uh, Ruiz. There you go. Uh, what's your favorite Seinfeld character and why? Well, I know mine. You've been like binging Seinfeld. Lately. I uh, no, I haven't been. Well, I have been for like the past five years. I think I've been for the past like 15 years. Like who, when are you not That's watching what Seinfeld? Like I've been watching Seinfeld like hard the past five years, but like obviously been watching it my entire life. But I watch it, I would say, multiple times a week. Yeah. And it's not one episode. It's like six. It's never one. It's like (laughs) like eating a chip. Yeah, because they're 30 (laughs) minutes long or they're like 23 minutes or something like that. Yeah. And so you go first because I feel like we might have the same answer. Mine's George. It's not even close. Okay. So then I'm going to have, that is my answer, but I also have a backup answer. But you go. Okay. I just think that's my favorite character of all time. All time. 100%. Like, I I love that character. Like I don't understand how people don't appreciate Seinfeld. I actually can't. I I can understand how people could watch one episode and go like, I don't get it. Jerry Seinfeld is not a good actor, and like he's not funny. Like whatever. If you just give a season a shot, just to understand George as a person, mm-hmm. you're like, this is the funniest fucking thing. And I also have a friend that reminds me of George, so it just makes it even better. No, it's the George show. I mean, yeah. and everyone in that cast knew it, I think. I mean, amazing cast. Everyone's great yeah. except Jerry. But uh, <laughs> but that, my secondary answer is, this is kind of like breaking down the fourth wall. I love Seinfeld. And if you watch any scene, any scene where there's a joke, which is most scenes, Jerry basically laughs on camera. Yeah, he's like, smiling. He the worst actor. He's just smiling. Yeah. He's surrounded by amazing performances but like in the real world of what Seinfeld was and like understanding his story and Larry David and how they created it, like he's just, I mean, he's inspiring for what he's done. Like he Mm -hmm. just made the show. They had complete control. They didn't bend or break for like the studio or anything. I've read Seinfeld books, so I know things. (laughs) Um, But like, I love watching him on TV. Like this man is like one of the highest paid actors of all time one of the greatest comedians can act for shit. It's just, you turn on the TV on Seinfeld and he's just breaking and laughing laughing. in every scene. But there's something amazing about that. It's like, you know what, Jerry, like you just proved you can do anything you want. Yeah. It almost (laughs) adds to it. We're like, it's funny because it's even making him laugh. Amazing. You know what I mean? I think it's also a weird middle ground because on SNL, you know, this is, it's never like confirmed, but everyone kind of speculates that when a, when a um what am i thinking of like a sketch isn't going as planned it's not funny somebody break 
because uh, watching someone funny? laugh is yeah, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, interesting. You know, like someone someone break to make this. It's a good tactic. Yeah, of course it is. But mm. um, you know, I think that there's a weird middle ground of him like smiling during the jokes. It's kind of like, all right, he's not breaking, but he's trying to hold <laughs> it together, and like that's even funnier. Hey, they're great. You know, jokes. It's almost better than him like laughing or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, and we could talk about Seinfeld all day. Shout out to Elaine progressive amazing strong female character one of the first of her kind it's i and I'm, I'm i'm obs- if i was around when that show came out i mean i was when did it, it started in 92 i think when i was born mm-hmm. or 93 i think uh dude i lo- i am i am in love with her i'm oh. in love with her today yeah she's a beautiful yeah well that's the that's like the ideal partner yeah and she and she it, it's her character on that show elaine bennis is the greatest oh my god i could i could go all day about that <laughs> all right before we move forward let's get to the sponsors here our first one is tivo which is great if you're looking for an alternative uh to getting ripped off by cable companies because tivo offers amazing options for anyone looking for a better experience when it comes to live tv streaming apps and recording shows um you may remember TiVo as the company that introduced DVR back in the day, but they offer so much more now. You can get the complete home experience. It's live TV, DVR, and streaming device uh, all in one. Um, that lets, lets you access everything you love and any on-screen you like. So you can have live TV plus Netflix and Hulu and all that good stuff. Uh, you can also skip over the entire commercial break with a tap of a button or voice command, which is crazy. Imagine watching a show and being like, all right. Enough. Enough with the commercials. And then you just get to get back to watching your show. It's amazing. You can watch shows 30% faster with pitch-corrected sound. I didn't even know this kind of technology existed, but, I mean, is there anyone out there who genuinely enjoys watching commercials? No. No, no, no. So, uh, if you're ready to find a better way to watch uh, TV, we have good news. TiVo has, TiVo has just put together a deal uh, just for our listeners. 20% off any TiVo Bolt OTA or TiVo Bolt Vox. Uh, just head to TiVo.com slash OPL20. And remember, the promo code is OPL20. Okay, you get 20% off. Take a look and see which product is best for you. That's TiVo.com slash OPL20 with the promo code OPL20. Uh, next up, we have Casper, um, which is a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. I personally have a Casper mattress. Uh, it's great. I think you know the experience of even just getting it is better than your normal mattress because you don't have to haul it, you know, like a regular mattress and like haul it up a bunch of stairs and like try to fit it through a door. It comes in this box. And you open up the box and just kind of folds out into a bed. It's amazing. And it's very comfortable. I don't know what the mattress is made out of, but it's designed to mimic human curves. And it provides like supportive comfort for all kinds of uh, bodies. But yeah, you don't have to take my word for it. They have over 20,000 reviews with an average of 4.8 stars across the map. So, I mean, they're, they're killing it right now. And I have it. I sleep well. You know, I'm not complaining about my back or, you know, anything like that. There's no like spring into my spine or anything like that they're very affordable and they're great mattresses and if i had to get a new one i would just re-up on casper to be honest with you and if this does sound interesting and it sounds like something you you, like you're looking for a new mattress then definitely uh you know we could hook you up because you can head to casper.com slash opl and use the code opl at checkout and you get fifty dollars towards your select uh towards select 
mattresses. Okay, so $50 off uh, select mattresses at casper.com slash OPL using the promo code OPL. Casper spelled C-A-S-P-E-R dot com slash OPL. And again, use the promo code OPL. This is something that I'm probably going to use myself uh, because I'm currently moving. So I'll probably get a mattress, uh, you know, a new mattress very soon. And I'm definitely getting Casper. I'm not going anywhere else. Like I think it's the best mattress on the market. So yeah, if you're interested in that, head on over to Casper. Um, anyway, uh, you want to pick the next one? Yeah, let's do it. Oh no. You left the hardest names. I left the hard- <laughs> uh, Let's left go the with, names. uh, okay. Let's go with, not just because it's an easy name, um, but this is a this is a question about the podcast. So Alicia Gagnon from Canada, shout out to Canada. What episode or guest from OPL has made you reflect the most on how you have treated or judged people in the past? I have a, a cop out answer. Go ahead. I just I think it's all like all of them really. Oh, that's cop. It is cop out, but it's like, yo, I, I can't help. You can't help judging people. Like no one's not judging anyone. You know what I mean? When we get emails and we get, uh, you know, you just see headlines or like the subject lines immediately. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm. You know, it's just natural to be like, this is strange to me because I don't relate to it, you know, but that's the whole point of the show. It's like, you see it and you go, what? Yeah. And then you hear these people talk about it and then you you have an understanding now. And I think it's important that we we're not denying that we don't have that what moment. Like yeah. we we're guilty of it. We know it's it's part of the show. It's understanding some of it is shock value in a way. It's like we know what might be a good episode because we have that reaction that most people have. Right. Where it's, it's like oh, this is the like time. a weird thing. I definitely want to know more about of it. Of course. You know what I mean? Um yeah, I think for me some of the almost like I don't want to call them smaller episodes but something simple like I always think about the OCD episode yeah. where it's something that growing up I just joked about so much you know in, in a group of friends like you've just thrown around the term OCD anytime uh, you wash your hands like oh my god I gotta wash my hands before I eat it's yeah, OCD it's just, like, eh, it's just, you know, just common those cleanliness. little things that it doesn't seem that hurtful in the moment because it's a small joke but then really getting to understand someone who you know this affects every day and and how difficult it is it's it's just those small reminders i think ground you bring you back down to earth um you know even something like the 40 year old virgin obviously super controversial episode Mm -hmm. but you know i was a dick growing up like we definitely didn't treat girls the right way or we definitely thought yeah. we were owed something dude my fucking old videos were all just like <laughs> oh girls are sluts yeah of course like if it's, you're if you like have sex with two dudes you're you're a slut i'm like jesus it's Christ. a terrible thing about now yeah but it's it's a phase people go through unfortunately and you know an episode like that is definitely a reminder but also you look at it and thankfully you understand you've grown as a person and yeah you don't absolutely have those yeah obviously um, but yeah, I think my, my, my answer though is, you know, I what episode or guest from OPL has made you reflect the most about how you treated or judged people? I mean, the real answer is all of them. The most, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. I do think that it always helps to see, like I said, the subject line, like who, what was the dude, the fart, uh, the fart fetish? 
The guy that was just sucking farts. He's sucking people. down yeah, on yeah. farts, yeah. So that guy. Give me pink eye guy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, fart on my tongue. <laughs> See, that's all rough. Wait, what about this? Uh, now, so, no, but I was going to say, what the fuck is going on? I started playing one of our episodes back. So. Oh. <laughs> I have to look at what we've done. No, but uh, that guy, um, before we started that, I'm like, yo, this is like fucking weird as hell. Like, I can only imagine what he is going to say. And by the end of that episode, it's like, I mean, I don't want someone to fart in my face. But like, you know what it is? It's like when someone just tells you like, yo, I just, I just like it. Like, what am mm-hmm. I going to, what am I going to say to you? It's like bronies too. Like there's no, like they're not trying to fool anyone. Like, they're I not playing a joke on the world. They right. just really, really love these ponies. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it's like, it changes the way that I judge. Like you judge people and the way you treat people just because you know, we do this all the time where we see something and we judge it and we go, yo, this guy's probably a psycho. Mm. And then we talk to them. And it's like, no, I just like it. And then what am I going to say to them? Oh, don't. It's like, <laughs> yo, do your thing. Go get fucking farted on. I don't give a shit. No pun intended. <laughs> but it's just like, you know what I mean? Like, just have have your fun. Like, enjoy your life. Like, do what you want to do. Like, how, who am I to, to say what's right and wrong? You know, just just do it. Like, do your thing. And I think it's just everyone's going to have that initial judgment. I don't think that goes away. I think it would almost be weird if you didn't have initial judgment on people. Like if you just walk around like, no, 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 you, you like little kids. It's fine. I'm sure there's a perfectly good reason for it. It's like, no, there's a, you're, there's a judgment that happens first. And then the amount of time or convincing that it takes you to check yourself and go, well, you know, they're just a person who likes something that I don't like and like blah, blah, blah. And like, I think that's what the show helps with where you see something, you judge it immediately, and then, you know, you just, you know what? I'm going to give it a shot, talk to this person, and be like, at the end of it, you're like, good dude. You know what? I don't give a shit if you get your exactly. tongue farted on. Like, do your thing. You know? So, uh, that guy was awesome, by the way. That's one of my favorite guests. Oh, he, he brought the energy. I, I love that guy. That guy was great. <laughs> he was really funny, too. He stole the show. Um, uh, all right, let's get to I the just next saw question. One here. Ooh, rock, this paper, one? scissors for who pronounces that name? I got it. Raquel Charisma. Okay. Is it Charisma? I don't, I don't, it looks Charisma? like. Charisma? I don't know, Charisma? but she's from London. Yeah, she's from London. My question is for creative people out there, including you both. When it comes to making content, I'm, anomalous, I'm a novelist myself. What's one advice you'd give to us all? When it comes to creating content, what's one advice you would give us all? I mean. You smell that? What? It's, a, it's a Joe rant coming. No. <laughs> I'm a ranter. I am. Uh, I don't know. I think just... I My short answer is don't make anything because you think people will like it. I think just make it because you like it. My my whole thing when I was starting out was like, I just want to make stuff that I think my friends will laugh at. Mm-hmm. and And that got me as far as you know, it did like, cause you know, that was still the case. Um, that was the case for so long. Like those are the only people that I cared about. Like, yo, did you see it? Like, is it good? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't care about anyone else. I I'm never going to talk to them, you know? <laughs> so it's like, yeah, I don't want to try to impress people that I'm never going to meet or like never see or anything like that. Like, I think you just try to stay as true to yourself because we are all different and we have different perspectives. So if you are making stuff that only you that you actually believe in and you like, then it's only natural that it should be different than everything else, and that's how you fill a void. And then 
you know, some people relate to it and it all should kind of work out there. It's a fantastic answer. Hey, thanks. I think on top of that advice, I think just be crazy enough to believe that people will be interested in the work that you put out there. Just, just go for it. Like, I, I mean, I, to be honest now, I have a harder time writing now than I did when I was working on my book because I don't know. I was just younger then. And I just had no doubt in my mind that, yeah, like I'm a writer. I'm just going to write this and it's a book and it'll get made and sold and go out there and people will read it. And now after time, I would have, I have a hard time going back into that mindset and I still, you know, try to and busy now, but working on writing as well. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's just, I, I don't even know what to call it. I was just in a phase where I guess it's just confidence and it's just, it's something that just sounds insane. Like something that's hard to do. Just like you saying, I'm just going to make these YouTube videos cause you know, people are going to watch it and you didn't overthink anything. Right. Um, I, I just I think like, didn't expect much, uh, expect much either. Like when you just mm-hmm. decide like, yo, I'm just going to do this because Here's what here here comes the rant. But like, <laughs> yo, I would say most people go through life and don't know what they want or what they want to do or what they like or what their hobby is or what their thing is. They just don't know. So if you actually think you know, just do it and don't expect anything of it. Don't expect like this is my job. I have to do this. I have to blah blah blah. Forget about that. Forget about that saying like if you like what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Just forget about all that stuff. Just do it because you like doing it. If it's gonna make you happy. You should do it every day then, especially because it'll also make you happy if it starts growing and it's like, okay, now you're being validated by people being like, this is good. So I'm going to keep coming back. And that feels good as well, but you can't expect any of that stuff to happen. But if you figure out what you want to do, what you're good at, dude, just find the time. Yeah. Like, well, you're going to work your job all day. And then instead of working on something that you actually love and that's going to bring you joy, you're just going to sit on the couch and watch fucking Netflix. Yeah. And find the joy in the process, which is important. Right. Because then you start overthinking it. Don't think about the title before the book's done. Don't think yeah. about the cover art before you've finished every sentence in that book. You know, it's, uh, yeah, just, just find the joy doing it for yourself. And yeah. just, just be crazy and don't listen to the doubters. There you go. Be crazy. You got one? Uh, Sure. Yasmin Barroso. Although you guys go into every episode with an open mind to engage proper discussion, have there been any episodes where you feel you strongly disagreed with either their opinion or way of life? Uh, And did you still feel that way even after talking to them? If so, which episodes and why did you disagree? Um, I don't think it happens too often. And I worry about people thinking that we just agree with everyone just to agree but it goes back to what i was saying before of being like if someone's just gonna come on this show and be like listen this is the weird thing that i like doing and i just like doing it like what else am i gonna say i'm just like yeah do your thing like i understand i like some weird stuff too like whatever but i think there have been episodes obviously i know your answer and my answer is the 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 pro anorexia chick where I, I was going off on her. <laughs> yeah. But no, but we don't, 
want to do the show to put people on blast either. No. Because that pro anorexia one was uh that was that was an intense conversation. And that was Hell one yeah. where we really could not come to any sort of an agreement at the end of that episode to I think even respect her views. I mean it was yeah, that's, I don't. that's a tough I, one. I, it was I dangerous. Don't. And and it's not it's not to say that she you know, I'm not going to say, oh, this is a bad person or whatever. I, I, I just wholeheartedly disagree with pretty much everything she said. And, like, I, I still do not disagree with it. I still disagree with it to this day. Uh, but that's going to happen, you know? And, and that is more so, like, I, I believe it to be wrong, you know? Yeah. But everything else, like, that's not, like, a preference. Like, oh, I like doing this. No, what you're doing is, like, leading... You know that was affecting other people. That wasn't necessarily just her thing. Like she mm-hmm. was trying to spread the word of like, hey, right. it was that. Let's aspect. all be you know anorexic. It's like no, that's you know an actual disease that people suffer from and people yeah. die from. Like you don't want to be like, hey, what's up? Let's all go get this. Like no, that's that's not how this works. Yeah, I think a forty-year-old virgin. Obviously, we spoke about that a little bit earlier. Yeah, that's yours. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was that was a tough one to to agree with, but. Yeah, I mean, not so much. Like, even Flat Earth, I mean, I love those conversations because I respect those people for not being ashamed of what they truly believe and putting themselves out there. And obviously, I don't think anyone can ever convince me that the Earth is flat, but, you know, that's someone that I respect for putting their views out there. Very non-traditional, non-mainstream views. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it happens, but it's hard to have that you know, thing where you strongly disagree with someone or their opinion or their way of life when they're only talking about themselves and they're only like, you know, this is something that I like doing. It's like, all right, go like to do what you do. But if it doesn't affect other people, you're not trying to hurt other people, then like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, dude, you know, I don't even know. Like, yeah, foot fetish is disgusting. We also have no idea what to expect with some of these episodes. I mean, we, yeah. there's really minimal, you should see sometimes you should. no contact with the person before. Like when we were having these conversations, it's really the first time we're speaking to these people yeah. and you know we find interesting people to offer the platform to but we don't know what direction it's going to go in you know it'd be funny too if one day we I, I don't know if it would be this season or next season or whatever but if we talked about episodes that we didn't air there's a few there's a few <laughs> like like whoa like funny stories to, yeah. to these but Sh- i'm not gonna, we're not gonna get into it now because we could go all day with there's that. some good stories though there are some good stories but uh maybe that's sa- you know what that sounds like to me it sounds like a bonus patreon episode yeah probably <laughs> probably that'd be a good idea because there there is some stuff that has happened um patreon.com slash opl show it's only one dollar <laughs> um all right let's get to the next question here ernesto yibra my question is how do you achieve success i've had long I've had a long-term dream since middle school to perform stand-up comedy, but I never go through with it. I'm eager to do it. But at the same time, I don't know what to expect. Any advice would be helpful and hope you guys can help take care. This is similar to the other question. I actually, I love stand-up comedy. It's not something I could ever picture myself doing, but there's two things that I always look at for inspiration in terms of like breaking down what the process is for someone to like achieve success and master their craft. And it's always stand-up comedy and rappers i don't know why those two things why rappers that i'm not sure i i don't know (laughs) i would say because the stories of most rappers are i think you in most cases are getting something from nothing 
or coming from nothing and you know a sense I, I would more so compare it to like opening up a restaurant because they say that when you open up a restaurant like the first two years no matter what you're going to be in the red like you're not going to make money yeah that too but i think with rap too it's like we're talking about a very saturated industry also or not just the industry itself but before you even make it to that industry how do you separate yourself it's very hard to separate yourself in that i don't yeah. know i just i like those stories uh but more than anything stand-up comedy because i think stand-up comedy is such a grind i think you it's comedies respect other comics i think which is awesome i feel like there's a real community there especially in the stand-up world mm -hmm. and in most cases even still i mean being in new york city like if you want if you want stage time at a big comedy club like you have to spend your day like handing out flyers basically on yeah. the side of the street. And if you don't get five people to come to the club, oh, sorry, you don't get stage time and you're definitely not getting paid for that. So it's just people who are really living in the off hours, working on their craft, finding ways to survive. And I think everyone just understands how much you have to pay your dues in that industry, maybe more so than other industries where there is a lot of like breakout fame or success. Mm -hmm. I feel like that true form of stand-up comedy is just, gritty and I, I just have so much respect for it no so do i because you know one of my friends was pursuing it for a bit and i would go to you know these shows well not shows but open mics and what it is is just a bunch of people who are aspiring stand-up comics and you go to a comedy club and you know you put your name in a hat and they only pull out 10 and you get two minutes Oh, really? That's yeah. how it works? Ooh. And then some people go and they put their name in the hat and they don't even get called. So you, you're just wasting your whole time yeah. there. And it's tough to see, you know, people get up on that stage in front of other people that aren't necessarily there to laugh. They're not there to to enjoy you. They're there so that I can get up there and work on stuff, mm. you know? And, and sometimes people don't give a reaction because they're not paying attention. They're working on what they're working on, like their own jokes or whatever. It's just really hard. It's really hard, and I, I respect it too. And at the same time, also you get up there and you see some people. And you're like, oh, man, this is this is like really bad. And you have to put your flaws on display. Like you have yeah. to bomb in order to find out what the reaction is. And another thing is, you're never. It's never like you can build your way up to being the CEO and then just coast because the best comics in the world they go to comedy clubs still to this day and they'll bomb and people will. Boo oh them. yeah, I mean yeah, people will it's boo them or they thing. won't laugh. Maybe they won't boo out of respect, but they won't laugh yeah. at your jokes. You have to bring funny. it. A good joke has to be a good joke, yeah, no matter who you are. It never ends mm -hmm. for that. So you you constantly have to earn the respect of the people. Totally. No, I, I love it. Just like dissecting that and just I don't even think we answered this question. <laughs> uh, maybe we just scared them into not becoming a stand -up. Yeah, but Ernesto, uh, how do you ch achieve success? I mean, step one is the only step they really have to worry about, and that's just do it. That's it. It's very simple. Like there's no, you know, there's no like, oh, you got to hit these clubs and then hit the small ones, then work your way up to the big ones. Just do it. Do it all the time. Do it as much as you can. Anytime you get off time, go to a comedy club, get up on stage and, and just suck. Suck for a year because the second year you're not, you're going to suck a little less and you're just, and you know, as the years go on, maybe you'll be good. Look at Louis C.K. This dude was a writer for so long. His stand -up, he was a stand-up, and maybe he was a little bit successful. That's he who wasn't he, who he was. Well, you know, he just came Out back to all too. people. I know. Um, but anyway, but I'm saying like, no, because for him, it's like at the top of the comedy food chain right now, you would say Louis is up there. And it's well, like, it was, but yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you would say Louis is up there. So, But the reason why I brought him up was because it's not like 
he was this young dude. Like he was been doing it for so long, yeah, and he yeah. didn't get on the map until he was in his forties, mm-hmm. you know, or, or late thirties. You know, it's like it takes so much time, but eventually you can get there. Like if you want to do it, dude, just do it. It, it goes back to what I was saying before. It, if it's something you like to do, just do it. And because even if you have five shitty sets. The one where you kill is like you're like yo I'm gonna do this for the rest of my life yeah like it's, and it's it's, amazing. it's that long term thought I mean I like I have a friend who is pursuing acting and it's a grind it's super tough and you know he's waiting tables right now doing what he can with roles but he he has said to me on numerous occasions he said I don't need to be a star or anything in the next 10 years or even 20 years like I this is what I want to do for my life this is the craft I want to master like right. I don't care if I break onto the scene, whatever that even means it when I'm 40, like I, I just want to eventually be able to survive just by acting, support myself and do things that I care about. And it's like that mentality where I think success comes from too is, you know, yeah. there's no, I need this overnight. I need this now. I need this for money. I need this for, you know, whatever it is. It's just continuing to pursue it. Yeah. And as, as a person who goes out of their way to, study successful people i can tell you that it's a lot simpler than you think it's literally like the difference between me and like johnny depp is just that this dude decided at like 15 like i'm going to do i'm just gonna do it like whatever that means move wherever go wherever to whatever city i'm just gonna do it and people come up with excuses like, well, you know, I'm still in school. Like, I got this. It's like probably not the biggest. I don't know about money. Just if you wanted to, if you can do anything. Like, you just have to go do it. That's it. That's it. It's literally the only difference. People do things and people don't do things. And that is all. Those are the only things. So just fucking do it. All right? I sound like a fucking Shia LaBeouf right now. Do it. <laughs> Great video. Um, um, but do we have one more question, I think? Do we even? Are we out right Yeah, now? Suzanne. Oh, whoa. Suzanne. Suzanne Langlace. Langlace. <laughs> Who we Lang- fucked these up? Last. We might be like 14% correct. Langlace. Yeah. This uh, <laughs> Who or what is your nemesis? Everyone has that thing or person that they just can't stand. For me, it's alarm clocks and a guy named Kevin. I'd like to take a baseball bat to both. Suzanne. Suzanne. Shout out, shout out to Kevin. We might have to have Suzanne and Kevin on the show. <laughs> S- see what happened there. Jerry. <laughs> um, what is my nemesis? Uh, I think, so I don't have a nemesis, you know, or I, I don't really hate anything or anyone. What about like a, like a mundane everyday kind of thing? Because she did say thing too. Like she hates alarm clocks. I don't know. I, for me, like I, you know what it is. I'm a very competitive person, and I hate anyone that's better than me at something that I thought I was like the best at, or something. You know, like if I, I consider myself a funny person, and like I can, I can tell stories really well, and whatever. And if I'm out with a group of people, and you know, I feel like I'm doing well, whatever. But some other dude comes out of nowhere and he's fucking hilarious and I can recognize that this dude's hilarious and like it has nothing to do with me like disliking him I, but I dislike the fact that like oh god but is, does that actually make you angry or motivated no it doesn't make because me angry because shouldn't it's you be surrounding yourself with people that oh absolutely well better? fucking Danny the kid who, who works for me yeah. he is that guy that mm. this kid will steal the show mm. 
no matter what, he just has it. And I've told him that. And I, and I love him for that. It's just like, I'm like, yo, you have something that I don't have. And like, I'm completely jealous of it. Danny, watch out. if you're listening, <laughs> no, I'm like, you have something that I don't have and I'm completely jealous of it. And, totally. And like, you are just able to be friends with anyone. Like we walk through his, uh, apartment building like everyone hey dan how you doing he's really cool with his his uh mm-hmm. door guy whatever like i don't know if i'm he's that, that guy like i want to be that guy <laughs> but i'm not you know what i mean yeah. like i'm just not that dude that's like you know like if i go into a store and i can't find something that's in my size i'll eventually like go and uh like ask someone like hey do you guys have this in like this uh, but I'll look for 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 so long before I do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like no, he's totally. like immediate. Like I don't know where something is. Like what's up? Who am I talking to? And yeah. like he'll become friends with the dude. Like I I want to be that so bad. And my friend Frankie and Joey Gatto as well. Mm. Those guys, you can throw them into any environment and they'll adapt. They'll come out fine and they'll come out on top also, which is like the main thing mm. is that they'll control the room. Like it doesn't matter who's in there. Like they'll figure it out. Like and I'm so jealous of that. And I work on it so much because. I am surrounded by those people and the more time I spend with Danny, the better I do get at it mm-hmm. and the funnier I do become. But like that, which I would call the nemesis is like, that's for me, that's not someone that, that you necessarily hate. It's someone you're always in competition with, you know? Totally. Which is Health, healthy competition. So whoever, yeah, healthy competition, whoever it is, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, that is probably it. It's like, I'm constantly like, fuck, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like an internal struggle there. Nemesis. I hate I discovered this this morning, actually. I never thought I would ever speak about this in my life, but now there's this question. Here we go. When, so I always make smoothies with almond milk. And you know, like (laughs) those like cartons or this is like a bottle and you open it and it's brand new and it like, so it still has that peel that you have to, I mean the, you know, the top that you have to peel off before you pour it. I don't know. I just hate when those things are on. Well, you hate what? Like I hate having to peel it off and not being able to just open it and pour my drink. I hate that. Oh, I have like to when open it, pe- peel it off, and then pour it. What about with ketchup, where you gotta like, oh, I gotta unscrew yes, this thing now? I hate and- that. Like I know it needs to be there. <laughs> I know it needs to be there, but I like start sweating when I have to peel it. It takes like point five seconds. I know, but I was just like, <laughs> why? And then I also hate this happened this morning. Now I'm just gonna run through a list of things I hate. So you know, on your phone when you're when you want to delete some emails, yeah, and you click like edit, the, edit, and then you, and then you click them. a ton of them, and you're like, all right, I'm ready to go, and you hit move, because then your trash can's supposed to come up, and then you delete all them. But sometimes you hit move, and the trash can doesn't come up. Do you ever get that? <laughs> and it's like a different screen. I just mark them. And then red. you're just like, forget it. And then you just don't even delete them. <laughs> Does that happen to you? I don't do that. That's not my, that's not my uh, style. Oh, I guess I, people delete things in different ways. I just mark it as red. So I don't have to see the notification. Oh, but yeah. I, I don't, I don't do the, I, I do have a couple of those things though. That just like drive you nuts. Little things. It's bad. The ketchup is pretty rough. I hate that shit. No, I, I know. It's like, and and I live with my girlfriend. So like, like thankful, like she'll a lot of times like get groceries and stuff or like we'll get it like delivered. And then now I just find myself getting mad at her when the thing is like on the ketchup. Like, why did you take milk. this off? Yeah. You haven't used this yet. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. That's my uh. nemesis. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. The protective seals on things. <laughs> oh, Greg hates it. Uh, but no, no people. I mean, I've definitely made it a point to not ever feel like I have 
an enemy out there. And like, and I would never want to, even if there is someone that I don't like that I would just distance myself from, like I would never wish like ill will on someone yeah, or no, want them either. to fail or no, I just, it's not my style. It's just, it, it would give me anxiety to have someone out there that like, I hate, I, they know I hate them and like all stuff. Like I, I, I don't, I don't want any. No, it's you like, I've had that. some times with like friends of mine where, you know, things will happen and like, I don't want to be friends with you. So like, I will have to have the conversation of being like, I, I'm not like, I accept your apology and like, you're, you know, we have the same friends, so it's cool. It's whatever. I just don't, you know, want to be the one to be like, yo, what's up? What are you doing this weekend? You know? Mm. So I don't know. No, it's all love. I don't, I don't, I don't like holding on to like grudges or hate or what any of that yeah, stuff. It's so much work. There's too much stress already. I like to have that. Much time. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. It does take a lot of time too. So I got to work on hating someone. Like I got some, yeah. to wake up and be like, oh God, I just hope something And then happens. you are going to feel like you didn't hate enough that day because you're a perfectionist. Yeah. And then you're going to have to And then that struggle. There that, you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, crazy. Um, all right, cool. That's all the questions. For, I mean, there were a lot more questions. So anyone who sent it in, uh, if we didn't get to it, this episode, uh, we get to there's, the next yeah, one. we totally, I yeah. think, I think we will. There are some great questions out there. Yeah. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. Also just to remind everyone, um, these episodes like this will be dropping on the Patreon, uh, exclusively and you know, you can get it for just a dollar. Um, so you can go to patreon.com slash OPL show Patreon spelled P A T R E O N.com slash OPL show. Um, also, uh, just to remind everyone, we have the Discord server as well. So it's an app that, you know, if you listen to the first episode of the season, we go into detail about it. But it's an app where, you know, you're able to communicate with us directly. So after episodes drop, if you have any questions or we were thinking about even, uh, you know, having people who are on the show hop into the Discord underneath like an anonymous account or something and they'd be able to answer your questions or something like that. Like we're going to have a lot of fun with this stuff. So, so um yeah, go check it out, patreon.com slash OPL show. And uh, yeah, thank you to everyone who sent in questions. And keep sending them, by the way. Send multiple. We don't care. We're just going to pick them out. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you got great questions, just keep doing it. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. And uh, yeah, I think what that's else? it. What are we forgetting? Follow the show on Twitter, <laughs> yeah, at, o- at OPL show. <laughs> we haven't done it. Yeah, we're rusty. Uh, we got to get like at least rusty. five episodes in oh, before man. we... Uh, uh, the new season uh yeah there's a twitter uh yeah our some- <laughs> twitter is at opl show uh you can follow me at joe sanagato um opl is where you can uh what can you do there you can contact us us. <laughs> oh my god this is bad. uh you can contact us there if you do have a story and want to be on an episode and uh we have some merch there as well you could check out the store and leave a rating and review on iTunes. I think we're like close to 700 ratings now, which is incredible. Yeah, so keep those coming. Awesome. All right, and that is all. We'll see you guys next time.